ho. She loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Ooh. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Is What Podcast. My name is Michael Graham, and I will be your host this week on this magical mystery tour. Now, before I get going, I'd like to implore all of you to go check me out on social media. On Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at Is What Podcast. That's I S W U T T Podcast. You can go to facebook.com slash is what podcast. Check it out there. And if you really like what I'm doing, you can go to anchor.fm slash is what. That is anchor.fm slash I-S-W-U-T-T for donations. You can help support the show. So that way I can eventually get some additional microphones, get the mixing board of my dreams, and truly the creme de la creme of all things podcast is a mini fridge. So that way, when I have guests, I can provide them some icy cold beverages. Now that that's out of the way, let's talk about my favorite band of all time. I think for a lot of people in their eyes, this is the greatest band. Now there are some naysayers. There are some people who may doubt But there are some things that you cannot deny that the Beatles, the Fab Four, are one of, if not the biggest and most influential rock band in music history. Their debut on the Ed Sullivan Show is one of the single most viewed TV appearances, if not the flagship TV musical performance of all time. Their concert on the rooftop in London is absolutely legendary. And their mark on pop culture certainly has not faded over the decades. John, Paul, George, and Ringo have all become household names. And according to John Lennon, at one point they were more popular than Jesus, even though that statement came with some backlash. From their beginnings in Liverpool and Hamburg in the late 50s and early 60s to the British invasion to their... What could be described as a toxic breakup, the Beatles amassed in their time 20 number one Billboard hits, and they've since won an Oscar, seven Grammys, and they've sold more than 600 million records. By all accounts, the Beatles are the most selling individual group of all time. But at this height of the Beatles, What would happen if one of them unexpectedly died in the middle of the phenomenon that was the Beatles? Well, there's a theory that's been circulating throughout the years that this was indeed the case. And the air quotes evidence of this cover-up has been under the microscope ever since the rumors started swirling. True believers of this theory have been picking up clues and piecing together, once again in air quotes, the truth, ever since this theory hit the scene. So as the story goes, the Beatles were on top of the world in November 1966. The British invasion was in full swing. They had just released the acclaimed albums Help and Rubber Soul the year prior in 1965. 
their most recent album, Revolver, had shot straight to number one on the UK and US Billboard charts, as well as most of the world, as tended to be when the Beatles would release a record. Everybody's running out and lining up to get these albums and listen to the latest Beatles tracks. While they were in front of the cameras, the Fab Four seemed to be unstoppable. But perhaps not everything behind the scenes was all strawberry fields and getting a little help from your friends. On November 9th, 1966, there's rumored to have been an argument between Paul McCartney and the other members of this legendary rock quartet. And after this argument happens, Paul leaves in a huff, in a hurry. He gets in his car and he leaves the studio early, early in the morning. And while he was driving along the M1 Motor Speedway, he got into a head-on collision with another vehicle and, well, he lost his head. The theory is that he was decapitated on scene. And when it was discovered that this headless body was that of Paul McCartney of the Beatles, the UK security service, MI5, quickly went to the Beatles and suggested to them and their manager, Brian Epstein, that they cover this up immediately so they can avoid a mass hysteria, civil unrest, riots, and the biggest fear is the mass suicide of thousands of screaming, and I guess in this case, literally die-hard teenage Beatles fans. The only logical way to cover this up, so it seems is to find a Paul McCartney lookalike and just replace him without the public being any the wiser. So, let's do a nationwide Paul McCartney lookalike contest. And the winner of this contest was a gentleman by the name of William Campbell, a.k.a. Billy Shears. This will come into play later, so remember that name, Billy Shears. So then, they take Billy Shears under their wing, even though they're beetles, not birds, And they have him undergo plastic surgery. They teach him how to play the bass in the left-hand fashion that the real Paul would play in and sing and sound like Paul McCartney. And fortunately for the Beatles and Shears, at this time, the Beatles had kind of retired from their worldwide stadium tours and they entered what was more or less known as their studio years. They didn't play a whole lot of live shows. And, you know, towards the end, of course, as mentioned off the top, they did kind of that rooftop concert that is now completely legendary. But they didn't really play too many live shows in these years. And in those years, that is when Paul McCartney was replaced by False Paul, or as I call him, Fall. And, you know, as time went on, the Beatles continued to release records and albums. The original three members... And I guess with Fall, False Paul included, they, they got this creeping guilt that would set in. Especially with the original three members and their manager, Brian. And they knew they couldn't just take this, this cover-up and let it be. They wanted to get rid of their guilt. So honestly, you know, they could wake up in the morning and say, I feel fine. And they're under contract, this rec- massive record contract, worldwide. They're always in the public eye. You know, making appearances here and there, even though they didn't play too many shows, the Beatles were the Beatles. They were still the most famous band in the world while they're releasing records. So under the watchful eye of MI5 and their record label, they couldn't just outwardly tell the public that Paul McCartney had actually died. So what they elected to do was to put hints of his untimely death 
into their music and on their album covers and kind of, you know, put some clues out there. And hopefully these diehard Beatles fans will be able to piece it together because if the general public figures out that Paul McCartney is actually dead, they won't be in trouble. They didn't tell anyone. So by piecing together all of these clues and looking at them, looking at all the clues, uh, I mean, really, look at them as a whole. How could Paul not be dead? I mean, it's clear as day, and here comes the sun. So now what evidence do we really have, and what are some of these clues? Now, the first bit of evidence is going to come in the form of an article that was posted in the February 1967 issue of Beatles Book Monthly. This is a very short paragraph, paragraph-long article. It's kind of in the, you know, just in the corner of one of the pages. And it seemed to say that a car accident that happened on the M1 motorway was not Paul. Or so they want you to think. It's a classic misdirection. It wasn't him, but maybe it truly was. The next big piece of evidence comes in the form of the 1967 release of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club, Hearts Club Band, in which the album cover shows a drastically different look of the Beatles. Far from their trademarked bowl cuts and their black suits and their very, you know, clean-cut look, no facial hair, even though they had the longer hair at the time with the bowl cuts for what the style was back then. This album cover showed the Beatles with newly grown mustaches and longer hair than people are used to in these very brightly colored army coats. Perhaps to draw attention away from false Paul's plastic surgery? Hmm. And when you're looking at the Sgt. Pepper's album cover, it's the Beatles standing there with a bunch of cardboard cutouts behind them, and then in flowers at their feet, it spells out the Beatles directly at their feet. And there's a small cluster of flowers on the right-hand side under the L-E-S of Beatles. And if you look closely enough, it looks like those flowers form the shape of a left-handed bass guitar. And if you look even closer, the flowers may spell out Paul with a question mark. Coincidence, Paul also played a left-handed bass guitar. Now, some say that where the flowers are represents a freshly, freshly dug up grave. Or maybe it's just a mound of dirt where they have some flowers. You be the judge. So while you're opening the actual album itself, the album sleeves, there is a very clearly, it's a big picture of the Beatles wearing these brightly colored army uniforms, military uniforms. And on Paul's arm, there's a large black patch that reads OPD, which means officially pronounced dead. And you can't see that patch on any of the other Beatles, just Paul. Hmm. And if you turn it all the way over and look at the back of the album, you will see a picture of the four Beatles looking at the camera. Ah, except that of Paul, Paul McCartney, who is facing away from the camera with his back directly to the camera. So you can't see him. Maybe he's standing out for a reason. And if you look at the photo, you can see George Harrison has a pointing finger. And right above his finger is the lyric, Wednesday morning at five o'clock which is supposedly the time that Paul McCartney had crashed his car and died. Now, while these are all pretty decent pieces of evidence, if you ask me, 
really, the one thing on this album is why would the album's namesake track in the outro have them sing Billy Shears? Perhaps it's because he was the one to replace Paul. And if you listen to the lyrics of A Day in the Life, another song on the album, provides another clear as day indicator. And the lyrics say, he blew his mind out in a car. He didn't notice the lights had changed. So this is indicating the fact that Paul McCartney gets in a car crash and is decapitated. Is that enough evidence for you? I think not. Let's keep moving. And the follow-up record called the Magical Mystery Tour also provides us with some interesting evidence. On the album cover, Paul McCartney is the only member dressed in black, and they're all wearing these kind of furry animal suits. And Paul McCartney is sitting there, only one in the black suit, with his arms stretched out as if he's on the cross. Is that an indicator? Maybe. And when you open the album up, there's a multi-page photo album that you can flip through. And on page three, there's a picture of Paul sitting at a desk. And right in front of him is a sign that reads, I was. But the most obvious clue of all of this comes on page 23 of that multi-page color photo album. In which the Beatles are all wearing white tuxedos with red roses pinned to the lapel. All of them but Paul. He is wearing a black rose. People, if you're not following me here, how much more obvious can you get? Now, at the end of the song, I Am the Walrus, you can faintly hear the line from Shakespeare's King Lear play, saying, Oh, untimely death. But if you play that portion of the song backwards, it sounds like they're saying Paul is dead. Ha ha. Now, the next record that they released, and the next thing in our line of incredibly obvious clues, is the White Album. And if you're familiar with the White Album, it's called the White Album because the actual visualization of the album lacks anything. It is just a white cover. However, the poster that was included when you buy this white album, there seems to be a picture of Paul McCartney with a mustache and glasses. Or is that really Billy Shears before his plastic surgeries? And in the song, Glass Onion, the lyrics say... Here's another clue for you all. The walrus, the walrus was Paul, which clearly points to Paul on the cover of the Magical Mystery Tour album in the black walrus suit. Too obvious. At the end of the song, I'm So Tired, John Lennon seems, at a point, he kind of speaks a little gibberish. Maybe it's because, you know, the song is called I'm So Tired. He's talking about, man, maybe I'll have another cigarette and finally try to get to sleep. It's been a long day. I'm tired. And then he kind of mumbles off as if he's maybe falling asleep. Or is it the fact that if you play that portion backwards, John Lennon seems to say, Paul is dead, man. Miss him, miss him, miss him. Huh. Now everything is starting to add up. Now you see. Why people believe Paul is dead. The next album that comes out is Yellow Submarine. Didn't really seem to provide any clues. 
I mean, since after all, it's a cartoon. It's for kids. They made a cartoon movie out of the album. Look, when it comes to theory of Paul McCartney's death, it's that is far too heavy for these little kiddos out there to endure. So I think they gave the kids a break on this one, and they didn't really put any clues in there. Ah, but next we have the ab- the album Abbey Road, and this is everybody has seen this album. It's the the famous photo of the Beatles all stepping seemingly in unison across a crosswalk. But if you look a little bit deeper, it's not just the Beatles crossing the street. It seems that every single one of the Beatles represents a different member of a funeral, perhaps a funeral procession. You have on the right-hand side, John Lennon leading the pack. He's dressed in all white with long hair and a long beard. Perhaps he represents Jesus, someone holy. And followed up, you have Ringo Starr, dressed in all black, perhaps the Undertaker. Followed by Paul McCartney, who's next. And he's walking out of step with the other Beatles. Which could possibly indicate that he is the one who is not matching because maybe he is not still alive. So you have Paul McCartney in his right hand. He's smoking a cigarette. A little bit odd because everybody knows Paul McCartney is left-handed. Plays the, the bass with the lefty. He's also wearing no shoes, which clearly suggests he could be the corpse. And to wrap it all up in the very back on the far left-hand side of the album cover, we have George Harrison, who's wearing all denim. You know, he's a working man. Perhaps... A grave digger? All interesting to think about. And directly behind the Beatles, there is a white Volkswagen Beetle. And if you look at the license plate, it reads 28 IF. 28 IF. Because if Paul McCartney was actually alive, he would have been 28 years old when that photo was taken. Huh. Now, while there are far more pieces of evidence, I present you the clues that are the most damning evidence showing that Paul McCartney died in 1966, and we have all been duped by this false Paul fall. Okay, so there you have it. Paul is dead. No No, no. Paul McCartney is not dead. This is so far-fetched. It was actually difficult for me to go through and find these different pieces of quote-unquote evidence and these clues. Because the more I read into this, the more ridiculous it was. Looking at all of these clues that were recently presented, the truth of the matter is the Beatles were getting into more exploratory journeys when it comes to their creativity and their art. They were trying to break out of the mold of being that cookie cutter Ed Sullivan show wearing the suit. She loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't buy me love type of Beatles. And they were trying to do a little bit, a little bit more with their musical career. They were trying to break things open, experiment with new ways. And I guess in this time, perhaps new drugs to open their minds so they could provide more artistic Types of listening for the pleasure of the listeners. 
I mean, you got to think about it. In the late 50s and early 60s when the Beatles got big and they were that cookie cutter, you know, they were the fab four, always wearing the suits, being chased by the girls. They were they were much younger. And as they got older, they needed to experiment, break out of the shell. Same with the fans. The people that were actually buying the albums and listening to the Beatles were also growing up. So the people that were 12 and 13 and 14 years old that were still in their youth listening to that Beatles were growing older and starting to understand how the world works. And they, they really yearn for something more. The Beatles would not have been the Beatles if it wasn't for the fact that they experimented with their music, got a little bit more funky, got a little bit more hippie, brought in some other musicians to really expand their horizons and make some fantastic music. So no, Paul is not dead. While it's very fun to think about, it is not the case. Honestly, if there was any conspiracy conspiracy theory here, the more realistic thing would be that Capitol Records, their record label, wanted people to think this so everybody would buy records and play them backwards, trying to find hidden messages, and then it would ruin their record, and then they have to go buy another one. So maybe it was just a genius marketing ploy, but Paul's not dead. After he had left the Beatles, you know, and the Beatles had broken up as a whole, and the other three went to go do their own thing. Paul went with Wings and had a very successful decade of touring with those guys. Had some massive, massive hits that I don't think a Billy Shears would have been able to actually write and produce and sing and play instruments on. He had a wildly successful solo career after that. Even still coming out with albums as what recent as 2019. So he's not dead. Fun to think about, but not the case. So that was it. Man, I think that's about right. The Beatles are fantastic. I tried to put in a couple Beatles uh, song titles there, as you saw. So let's see how many of those you can pick out. But in the meantime, the Beatles rock. Go listen to them. I'll say what's up to that. Paul is dead, man. Missing, missing, missing.